0: Show your patriotism with the flag from the United States Flag Service. They offer premium, high-quality flags that are made in the USA. Whether it's the grand old flag, your favorite military flag, or a historical flag, celebrate your freedom with a flag from the United States Flag Service. Go to usflagservice.com, that's usflagservice.com, to see their selection of available flags. And then call 1-800-USA-FLAG to purchase your flag today. USA Flag Service, fly your flag for freedom.
1: Now, the Jen Charlton Show on 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Telling it like it is with your host, Jen Charlton.
2: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is great to be with you here today, and I want to just acknowledge this nasty, rainy weather. And, you know, sometimes God just delivers what what the doctor orders. And uh, today in Washington, there's supposed to be a march for Gaza, and I was looking through the supporters of this event, which is stunning and should be noted, so that we can really expose who's participating this nonsense, but you know, they talk about freedom and they talk about peace and they talk about no wars. And meanwhile, October 7th, they bombed the heck out of Israel. They captured people, they killed people. It was a devastating blow to the world, not just Israel and they had the gumption and gall to go down to Washington DC today to march to somehow uh... nullify what they did there's no nullifying it was a terrorist attack by terrorists out of gaza and they hide behind children and women and hospitals these are not normal people so Thank God he's raining down the heavens on Washington, D.C. today, and I hope they rain them out. So God bless America and God bless the people of Israel and Jewish people around the world who are suffering because of what happened to the people in Israel on that fateful day. I want to just talk today again further about integrity in government. We are at a time when what's becoming apparent is the corruption in government is deep. You know, when President Trump said there's a deep state, I was like, ah, yeah, so what? You know, they got a bunch of lobbyists who are buying people off and getting, you know, fancy dinners at, you know, uh, the Capitol Hill Club or wherever they go to win over votes, right? You figure that's what's going on. Oh, No. It is so much wider and so much deeper and so much more disgusting than we thought. But he knew. He knew what he was getting into. And we're now starting to unveil the depth of the corruption that's been going on, I'm sure, for decades. But it's come to a head because there's a lot at stake There's no question we're in a civil war. If you talk to any of the experts, you've listened to them here. We're in agreement. We are in a war undeclared by this administration acting like they know what they're doing in the White House. But I also think it's pretty clear now, based on what happened with uh, the Secretary Austin, that there's some contraband running behind the scenes running things because Biden didn't know about it and they they sent off that bomb. So there's a lot going on that makes no sense in terms of the operation of government in a Succinct, meaningful, powerful way, so that we're still that great country that we once were running things. And and frankly, the countries around the world look to us. They look to us for our leadership, which is so lacking. So, you know, there's some people out there who think that, oh, you know, Biden's done such a bang up job. Well, God bless his little soul, as they say in the South, it ain't so. So what I want to go back over with you today is the unemployment numbers, because we have rooted out the the uh, misinformation, disinformation, and make no mistake, it is intentional and is meant to deceive. So I have back with me today Bill Dodson for a part two on this conversation about the unemployment numbers. Before I bring Bill on, I also want to mention that we're going to talk about other corruption going on in government data and that is in the FEC that's the Federal Election Commission data I have in front of me a spreadsheet of 250 donors across the country five from each state now it's a sample it's not everybody but indicates something about what's going on in the money behind the elections You know how we always say, God, where do these Democrats get all this money? It's like it grows on trees. Well, kind of like maybe it grows in uh, the the in and out of bank accounts and the flow of money in such a way that it appears like there's a lot of money being donated because people believe so much in the Democrat position and the Democrat philosophy. Not so much. I think we're going to find after we root this out and we dig in deeper and we start peeling back the onion, we're going to figure out that it's a few powerful people dumping billions of dollars into our federal election commission system. And it's being dispersed through unwitting participants who are being used, which was revealed in some O'Keefe work, who's now uh, OMG, if you remember, O'Keefe Media Group, um that he went out and interviewed these people, knocked on their doors and said, hey, did you know? And he went through their donations. And they're like, I didn't do that. So I'm going to touch on that first, and then we're going to bring on Bill. We're going to talk about unemployment. And then at half past the hour, I've got my father calling in to talk about this data on the Election Commission, because it's his group that has done this homework and revealed this stunning information. And I want to do a shout-out to... Um, To his team, and I'll leave the names uh, for him to say if he wishes, but they've been awesome. It's a group of people working together on your behalf to try and restore government to an institution. If you look at the governance of the people, an institution of integrity. The government is made up of Department of Justice, which we know is a mess right now. It's made up of the Supreme Court, which we know we need to keep nine. That Keep Nine initiative, very important right now. We need to amend the Constitution to say there shall be nine Supreme Court justices so, so that we don't let that institution get corrupted. But this government must be restored to one of integrity. It must be. And that is what President Trump is trying to do. And he's put everything on the line for us to do that. So am I a Make America Great Again person? You bet I am. So I want to mention that Massachusetts, out of five donors that were pulled, okay, these five donors had an average of transactions of 150 per day. Now, I don't know about you, but my fingers would be really, really tired if I donated 150 times every day for the period of time. And dad will talk about that when he calls in. Okay. Donor one gave 27,656 transactions for a total of $847,266.29. Now, that's stunning. And you might even say, well, okay, he's rich. But did he give, or her, give 27,656 times with an average of 150 a day? That's crazy. The 150 represents five donors and their average per day, but it's still a huge number. Massachusetts was the worst, the worst offender, if you will. And those average transactions of 150 per day Donations averaged $854 per transaction. It's very, very high. Very, very high. If you look at the next one down, Louisiana, they had 148 average transactions per day for $844 per transaction. Donor 1 had 21,195 transactions. This is This isn't giving to Red Cross or, you know, some of these great veteran organizations, Tunnel to Towers, whatever. It's not that. These are only political donations. And, oh, by the way, this is not a party thing. It's not a party thing. It was not. The data did not pull by party. And you'll find that, according to the gal who did the data, and I spoke with her personally, the high level, I'll leave the names out, high level Republicans who you keep wondering how they keep getting reelected. Yeah, they're part of this. OK, so I'm going to bring on Bill Dodson in just a minute. Let's take a quick break. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Jen Charlton Show is glad to now have TotalWellFit.com as a sponsor. TotalWellFit.com. It's an online boutique of wellness and wellness devices that are high quality. and I think you'll enjoy. We've vetted them. They're really good quality. And I also want to thank U.S. Flag Service for being with us. And we'll be right back. When was the last time you had freshly made ice cream or candy? Sweeties on the Creek offers a wide selection of fresh, creamy ice cream made with natural flavors. Stop in for a new fun flavor or a classic, yummy favorite perched on a freshly made waffle cone. Just in, Sweeties has a huge assortment of candy, including freshly made, in store, delicious chocolates. Your young ones will love all the plush toys and fun gifts, too. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market
0: Street. We're scooping now
3: past editions
1: of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com
2: welcome back this is jen and it's great to have you here today on the jen charlton show and i have with me today bill dodson back again and good morning bill Good morning, Jen. Great to have you back. You know, Bill, we broke this story last week, you and I, because mainstream didn't start covering it. Newsmax covered it a couple of days ago. and uh, But this this notion that the numbers are faulty or mucked with, they've been altered in some way or calculated in such a way to soften the blow or make it look like we're really fine we're on track three points what four seven or three point seven unemployment no big deal right so let's recount what we covered last week just briefly for anybody who may have missed last week's show and let's dig into what we've discovered since last week uh, so that we can unveil some more of the details of this
1: okay well so Friday last Friday The numbers, deployment numbers for December came out, and they came out 215,000 new hires, which was higher than expected. They had expected around 175. And, um, of course, it got a lot of buzz on all the news stations, you know, how strong the job market was. And so, fortunately, later that day, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics printed the report, which I downloaded and printed And when you go, and the reason I was interested in printing the number was I kept saying, well, if three months in a row the hiring has gone up, why is the number at 3.7? Why hasn't it dropped to 3.6 or 3.5? So when I printed the numbers, we found on page four and five, they revised the November numbers down and the October numbers down. So between. October, November, negative revisions. We lost about 70,000 jobs, which offset the gains in December. Um, and, again, that's in the report, and that's why the number didn't change on the overall 3.7. But then when I started doing some more research, I found that 10 of the last 11 months had been revised only last January of uh, 2023 was not revised. So February through December, after the, the numbers came out, were all revised. So following this trend, and we talked a lot about this on Saturday, as you said, about three days later, there was a Fox News piece that came out that said, if you add up all the negative revisions from 2023, the jobs were overstated by 439 thousand jobs. Which is about thirty eight thousand a month, revision backwards. So almost a half million jobs were overstated. Okay,
2: so Bill, um, if, if they were not in there, what would the job do we know? Have you done the math of what the unemployment numbers actually are?
1: No, it's still a three point seven. Um I, I don't think the number has changed. Um because, one, we have less job force participation, we have less um, people in the workforce, and you have less people, therefore, applying for unemployment. Um, so, therefore, I do think that, you know, the 3-7 is accurate. But the bigger news is is what they're doing, especially the last four months, uh, October, November, December, well, that's three months, um, they are trying to convince America – that the Biden economics is finally kicking in, and we're starting to see the positive uh, results of the infrastructure bill and blah blah blah. If you notice, I think it was just the other day, two days ago, Biden was in Pennsylvania walking around small businesses, um, trying to tell them how you know his plan was you know finally starting to hit Main Street and people were seeing the benefit. So we're hearing all this positive news about the booming economic. Uh, 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 you know, effect of Biden economics, and you have all these new jobs being created, which you and I talked about last week. Also, um, I have a big company. If I lay off 20 people, and then seven months later I hire back 20 people, same 20 people, they call that 20 new job creations. Now, in business, we would not call that new jobs because. We're hiring back the exact same twenty people, but they're they're constantly saying we're creating, you know, millions of new jobs, but we're actually right at about where we were in two thousand and nineteen. So I have a good analogy.
2: I would just say it's like trying to lose the same twenty pounds over and over and over again.
1: (laughs) There we go. Perfect analogy. Perfect analogy.
2: When we look then at the we started digging in after the show and I really told I I told Bill in the future, we really need to be running the tape so we can record these thoughts that we have afterward because we did some good content. And, you know, frankly, I don't remember, but when you look at The industry specific issues, I think you looked at construction, for example, because of the infrastructure bill, we would think we would see more jobs there or we would see, pardon me, an outlay of cash or budgets that were now kicking in to have a bunch of new projects. But we're really not seeing that, are we?
1: No, that was, um, you have a good memory, because that was, I thought, the most important point. We don't see new jobs in manufacturing and construction. That was flat. All the hiring seems to be in government, which is now 40% larger than it was in March of 2020. Imagine that. State, local, and federal government is 40% bigger than it was just three years ago. So we see the hiring in government hiring, and we see the government in healthcare hiring. Two sectors, both highly government interconnected, or government itself. We don't see the true results of a robust economy. We would see manufacturing picking up. We would see construction picking up. Um, Those are the things that hit Main Street America and small businesses. Um, And so um, we also saw in those job numbers, when you read down, 8.7 million Americans have two or more jobs.
2: Yeah, you're that just trying to make ends meet. That's what that is. To,
1: yes, trying to overcome inflation.
2: Right. Now, let's let's talk a little bit. We, um, when you look at the big box stores in Main Street, I think right now we're in a battle economically. We're small business owners. We I really feel for Main Street USA because unfortunately, Amazon has the infrastructure to ship anywhere in a moment. And, and we're, you know, instant grat. My father used to always say instant gratification society, right? We just want it now, now, now. So Amazon feeds that desire to have stuff right now. But, it's, so it's a little more inconvenient. You no, know, by the way, they don't have the selection maybe at Main Street. So we, you know, I think there's a shift coming that, that really for Main Street small businesses to survive, you're going to have to really target your sweet spot of your customers. You're going to have to really know even more important than ever. What are the things that make you unique as a business identity and brand so that, um, you're attracting people to come to your store and see and touch and feel and look and buy and walk out instant gratification with that package of stuff rather than uh, sitting home on the sofa, choosing from Amazon. And by the way, you can't tell the quality. You can't. I, I used to sell high end, very high end custom clothing. You got to touch it. You got to feel it. You got to look at the stitching. You know, there's there's some things that you just can't get a feel for when you're buying it online. I'll tell a quick, funny story. When my husband and I were getting married, we had our 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 honeymoon planned. He he planned it in um, uh, Central America, South America uh, area. And so but when we got to the hotel, it looked nothing like what it looks like online so it can be very deceiving but big box stores are getting ready i think they it's going to be tough for them to carry the inventory levels at all these different locations i i went down to the beach this weekend there were restaurants closing um i'm seeing a lot of shift in business a lot of businesses aren't going to make it i think in the next six to nine months what are your thoughts
1: I think you nailed it. Um, as you know, my wife also had a boutique clothing store. She sold it, um, six months ago. Uh, you were going to have to, well, first of all, I think Amazon is purposely going to kill a lot of the big box stores. They're reporting up to 30% returns this year, but they still don't charge for returns. And the reason they don't do it is it's a marketing strategy to eventually drive out the box stores. Um, you're going to have to in in this pretty much if you sell commodities like tv at best buy they're not going to be in business in two years you're going to have to have niche businesses um a perfect example of that is the jewelry business you still see people going into jewelry stores to buy jewelry versus like blue Nile or some of the other online diamonds there's something about having that in your hand and having a connection to that piece an engagement ring Um, clothing, high-end clothing, as you said, you want to feel it. Because I can tell you from my personal uh, self, when I go out to buy clothes, everything that's my size is not the same, whether it's made in Italy or whether it's made in wherever. Different countries have slightly different sizes. And I have to feel the fabric. So I think small businesses that drive towards niches and specialties, I have to feel that where people can walk in, and have an experience in a niche will be successful. However, you hit another very important point, and that is that maybe not be so small business because what ruins that experience for people is when they go in and then that particular product that they like is not in stock. So it would have to be businesses that have an experience um, and niche business but also have the depth and the financial ability to have the inventory. You know what I just
2: got? You know, that's so brilliant. I think you've really hit on something. I want to give this to people. I think this is keys to the kingdom for success in 2024. I used to go to New York to the Javits Center, and I'd buy two new lines every year. I'd I'd find the vendors that had the cool, neat stuff that was good quality that I knew my clients would like, and I bought with my clients in mind. So I would think of Mrs. So-and-so and and Mrs. So-and-so. But as a small boutique, small business, you know, whatever, if you can't carry enough product to meet the needs, frankly, it's a cash flow issue, but it's also a space issue. You can't, if you're a small 1,500 square foot store, like our Sweeties on the Creek, for example, there's only so much product that'll fit in there. So it is interesting to know your niche, but also be able to place an order for the client from the manufacturer, drop ship it. Bypass Amazon and get them exactly what they want. That's what the manufacturers are going to have to figure out and they're going to have to make a decision. Are they going to cater to the mom and pops and the small business and the main street stores and operations? Or are they going to put their all their eggs in the Amazon basket? And I know back in the day when I was selling entertainment, we didn't, some companies would not sell like Sam's Club, BJ's, whatever, because they made a point of telling other vendor, other stores, other uh, clients, I want you to know you won't find this in Sam's Club because they didn't want to be undercut. So there's some shift that's going to have to occur in this uh, manufacturing and distribution consumer products and goods. And I I really look forward to helping Main Street survive this turnaround. But there's going to have to be some innovation also on their part to make sure they can access the products for the clients when they want it and drop ship it to them. We're going to take a quick break for news and weather. You're listening to The Jen Charlton Show. We'll be right back.
0: Show your patriotism with a flag from the United States Flag Service. They offer premium, high-quality flags that are made in the USA. Whether it's the grand old flag, your favorite military flag, or a historical flag, celebrate your freedom with a flag from the United States Flag Service. Go to usflagservice.com, that's usflagservice.com, to see their selection of available flags. And then call 1-800-USA-FLAG to purchase your flag today. USA Flag Service, fly your flag for freedom. Hi,
2: this is Jen, and welcome back to the Jen Charlton Show. I have with me today Bill Dodson, and we're talking about really a bigger conversation. You know, we're seeing the manipulation of the truth to fit a narrative that the O'Biden administration wants you to believe. And I think at this point, anybody who actually thinks that they're telling the truth is either part of the problem or seriously uh, compromised in their mental capacity. Anyway, I want to bring on my dear old dad, Walter, and, and Bill's going to stay on the line with us. We're going to talk about the Federal Election Commission data samples that they've pulled So he can explain to you further why this is so important. But let's start with, good morning, Dad.
3: Well, good morning, daughter. Uh, I I, I really liked your last remark. The way we say it, or used to say it in our group, was they're smoking the wrong weed.
2: Okay, well, there you have it for my dear old dad. But, Dad, when you look at first of all this data why did you pull this data just briefly give people a background of why this was done
3: well when you you, you're supposed to be getting correct statistics from the government and when you when you run uh spot samples like james o'keefe did and if people say (laughs) that ain't my data I don't know where you got it from. And when you got thousands or maybe even tens of thousands of people across the country telling you the same thing, all of a sudden you begin to get hit in the head with the hammer that, gee, somebody's lying to us. Now, back in the days of good old Adolf Hitler, they called it propaganda propaganda. We don't call it propaganda. We call it something else. The language has changed. But it's the same thing. We are all being lied to at an extent that it is mind-boggling. And this, we looked into it, and we have some data that's about to be popped into the court that, that shows this is not just our good old state of Maryland where this is happening. Maryland just happens to be the most effective propagandist in the whole country. That was I was told that by the one of the data searchers. Who who knows? And he goes back. You talk about decades, right? We're talking about four decades back. So we're being lied to, and we're being lied to by the government agencies. Now, who are we supposed to keep track of stuff? And then. All of a sudden, they make a mistake in these people with the statistics, and they tell you the truth. <laughs> oh, my. That's where we are. The truth is coming out in the Federal Election Commission data, and it is mind-boggling in, in its magnitude.
2: How many hours do you think the team put together between uh, the two folks? Do, are, do you mind if we share the name? Are
3: you talking about our
2: research team? Yeah, yeah your research team that,
3: that, that got, for example, it got the data for for Mr. O'Keefe.
2: Yeah. Well, how many hours it, have they it. spent culling this data for this report?
3: Oh, it's not hours. You're talking about months of research of data. Six months. It's the data goes all the way back to the fourth of July two years ago. Where we, where we initially filed our lawsuit and it's been being collected ever since uh, and we have, a, we have had a team of about five people working on it for well over a year so, and remember that the data is there, the solid data is there gathered by the government but then it has to be analyzed and I'm only talking about the analysis The analysis is months of man data, or in this case, woman data, a lady engineer who is absolutely fabulous in in her logic and accuracy.
2: So. So the data represents, in this report that I'm looking at, the data represents 1,580 days, which is about 26 months, a little over two years. Is that accurate?
3: Yes, you're talking about three election cycles, and it's 1,580 days of data collections by the Federal Election Commission. We're talking millions and millions, hundreds of millions of transactions. Now, obviously, to analyze hundreds of millions of transactions, you can't do that by hand with a green eye shade and an adding machine. It's all done by computer. And by computer, we're talking about man months of data, which is why for these last three election cycles, it's
2: now just coming out. But if you look at, say, New York, in the case of New York, they had over a million dollars in transactions um with 131 on average per day at at an average transaction value of $651.99 let's say $652 so a million and thirty thousand and some change in New York just between these five people I mean that's stunning information. How does this not violate the Federal Election Commission laws and where is the money coming from?
3: Well, see, you're asking the hard questions. The you, you can't you can't give someone else their money. You have to donate your own money. And under state and federal law in the whole country, if you go over the limits, or if you are a union member, or if you're a corporation member, or if you're a foreigner, you can't give anything. It's, it's pre- uh, prevented by, by federal law. So this is a money laundering scheme of enormous magnitude and this data sheet is summarized by all 50 states and it's summarized um, by the official that is collected by the official FEC laws and yet when you put the laws together it can't possibly be true. There's no way the little old lady with fifty million dollars to give her fingers will not write checks quick enough to do this. Or, We're talking about a hundred and fifty checks a day.
2: Or if it's not you checks, it could it. be it could be credit card processing. Is this automated, in your opinion? Oh, it has to be. There's no other
3: way that this could physically be accomplished. It's not, it, it, we're, we know the data is correct because it's actual bucks that are measured. But to do this in this magnitude, it, it's not just incredible. It's totally impossible. And therefore, someone, and now we hope the courts, once we get this data into them, will do something about it, because what we're seeing is not just wrong, it's obviously wrong and incredibly wrong, and it's nothing but manipulation of dollars through the system, totally contrary to the for example, the limits on 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 bank transfers—they have a ten thousand. Anything over ten thousand dollars has to be reported to the Treasury Department. And but if you if you donate a mountain of of pennies, you get a whole lot of money. That's so the way did this you, works.
2: All right, couple of questions. Did you see any donations that exceeded that ten thousand uh, dollar threshold? Oh no! Okay, these were what are the
3: average donations? A hundred and eighty donations from one person per day in a particular state, for example, and all the donations are eight dollars and forty cents. Well, but this goes on for fifteen hundred and eighty days. Yeah, but hold on, hold on,
2: in Massachusetts. It's 150 transactions per day with an average of $854 per transaction. So that's not an $8 transaction. Yes. How on earth did that number get to that? And, of course, it's an average, so it means you've got a very high number, a very low number, and they average out, right? So, how, Yes, that's right, so of course. How are they getting to that 854 if you're saying they're $8, $10, $50, $25, $100 donations?
3: Well, what I'm telling you is, I'm looking at a sheet with a high and a low. Massachusetts is a high. Vermont is the lowest in this per transaction. And the Vermont, for example, is what I meant. This is the the lowest average is a uh, twelve dollars is Vermont. See,
2: but let me let me stop you because we're yeah. gonna. I want to get Bill's input on this. So. What I think we've determined, and it looks like the top ten biggest offenders, over a million dollars total uh, for just these five, that's where I would start. It's Massachusetts, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, which is kind of interesting. It's the deep south. Washington State, California, Virginia, not surprising, Oregon, Texas, and New York. So those top 10, it seems to me, if you dig in there, you're going to find a whole bunch of dirt and gook. Um, I want to just mention to everybody, too, that what you're, what the data tells us, if we average it out, is with 400, 1,440 minutes in a 24-hour day... My feeble math mind and calculator tells me that you divide that by the one hundred and fifty in Massachusetts every nine point six minutes in that twenty four hour day they're donating, or if they actually sleep they're they're doing it every six point four minutes so that's a lot of uh, a lot of effort and that's a continuous number throughout. A fifteen hundred and eighty-day period. So yes. every day not, they're doing that. They're waking up and their whole job. Humanly
3: possible is the answer. It can't. It cannot be the the result of human work. And okay. So there. So we're, therefore, we're supposed to be taken as as
2: true data, and it just ain't. That's okay. all. Okay. Okay. So here's my question: If that's the case, do you believe that this represents? international interference in our election money with money laundering coming from outside of the U.S. through these unwitting people?
3: Well, let me put it this way. I would stake my life on that, okay? I have no doubt that that's true, because we're talking about hundreds of of well, we're talking about millions and millions of transactions, and I I guarantee you, somewhere in there is foreign money and union money and drug money and everything else. I mean, this is everything, all the data in the whole country. Buying so there's got to be some. Now, the question of how much is a very good question, but that takes. Tons and tons of more research Okay, is, so, is not my job. That's the FBI's job. And we know how sad that is.
2: Well, the FBI isn't going to do it because we know that they've been not doing their job on the Hunter Biden corruption, even when the lower level people had been turning the information into FBI headquarters. That's fully reported. They did nothing. I think well, for, they've been they've been watching the Bidens it. for 15 years. So the DOJ and the FBI is totally compromised and they either need to be shut down, cleaned out or um I don't know what else. It's it's a sad situation that our FBI, who's supposed to be the top law enforcement people, have turned a blind eye to law enforcement. Dad, I love you. Thank you so much. Stay on the line. Bill Dodson, what do you think about all this?
1: Well, it's shocking. I mean, I didn't know it to this extent, but I I did watch the um, O'Keefe videos where he would go and knock on people's doors and say, um, this was about act blue. And and he would ask them, have you donated? They say, man, maybe, maybe once. And then he would say, well, we've got three, four, 500 um, donations from you. And they would say, well, oh, that's, And these were these were obvious. These were homes that there's no way these people would be donating that kind of money. But the thing is, I don't understand it because um, I've I've raised a lot of money in big campaigns, senatorial and uh, presidential. I mean, if you want to run money, all you have to do is run it through, you know, Americans for Prosperity, Club for Conservative Growth. You can run millions through those people. That's totally legal. Running it through. Um, political action committees so this this is something nefarious obviously where it, it's it's being done in small dollars um, and, and obviously this is the deep state thing because all money all, all money moving through banks can be traced the Department of Treasury can do it so I just don't understand why something like this couldn't be investigated
2: dad do you have well, a response I, mean, I sure do
3: they don't do it because because it, they know what'll happen if they do it. They don't do it on purpose. Of course, it can be investigated. Of course, it can be stopped. But when the government doesn't want to stop, now where are you? And that's where we are. That's the place we're in. It's it's absolutely frightening.
2: So what I what I see here, guys, is. There is a buying off of the American election process, and it is subverted, and to your word, by nefarious actors with the full intention of funding the elections to go their way, not our way. And that that money's being used to buy television ads for more propaganda, as you mentioned, Dad. It's being used to pay for volunteers to go knock on doors. Okay? And I I, I don't want to step over that Trone just had a presser, and we heard it on the news about how you want, you know, the increase in deaths in Maryland. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier about. They want to th- throw more money, they say, but they're not fixing the problem because they still haven't expanded 270. So I don't want to hear more about more deaths until they start fixing the choke hold that they've got on the roadway systems here in Maryland between 270, you know, um, and so forth. Back to where are they using this money? Is it going for the good of the people? It is not. It is going to run a subversive deep state operation where we are not only not in charge here, we are subjects of the tyrannical leadership. And this is what this demonstrates And somebody's running those. I know, Dad, you don't like this word, but I'm going to use it because people understand it. Somebody's running those algorithms. Somebody's running those IT operations that are processing 150 transactions uh, or, let's say, for donor number two in Massachusetts, 14,415 transactions for $206,571 over a 1580-day period somebody's running that operation we demand to know what the hell is going on here because this is our country and it's time for us to take it back so we have a final uh, we've got five minutes left Bill your thoughts
1: well you know the biggest thing in our democracy is that we vote and we truly believe that our vote matters and that we can affect change in our society if it becomes so apparent that there's elect and this is what i would put this in the category of election interference Um, if americans no longer believe that elections are fair that we can change things through voting we're going to find ourselves in a bad place because um that's what separates us from countries that have revolutions. And um, we need to find a way to get back to fair uh, and honest elections that people can understand that, okay, even though I worked hard, my candidate lost. We we have to get back there.
2: Absolutely. Dad, your final thoughts?
3: Well, I just wanted to comment that the, the work James O'Keefe did, was magnificent in term that was just a few people but it shows what all these thousands and thousands of people are actually really doing James O'Keefe was using our data Draza Smith collected it and, and James O'Keefe asked me if we could if he could have it I said sure so his data is our data and it's it is not the data is not questionable I mean it's it's all correct, but the correct data sh- is- shows an insane result. It cannot possibly be the actual fact. It's got to be lies, and it is. So the federal agencies are feeding us, n- PAP they call it, PAP no, it's, these are intentional lies and frauds to cheat in the election. Our word is, we call it the big cheat. We even copyrighted that, that term, and that's what it is. The whole country is being cheated. The data they're fed and the results and the election results for the whole country for the last, actually, last decade, certainly the last election cycles, it's all fake and we're living in a fake world where the people in the, in the Maryland uh, election uh, committee and Linda Lamone who has resigned,
2: they're just a bunch of crooks. So All right. That's so, the way you say it. so I want to wrap up because we're at the top of the hour. I want to give a shout out to United Sovereign Americans. Uh, they are doing great work canvassing, actually going, knocking on doors and finding out what the heck is the truth from the people. So that's a lot of work. They've done some great sampling. They have something called this Maryland scorecard. Here's what I say. There is no way Baltimore citizens continue to elect that failed, corrupt leadership to run their businesses and uh, operations in in Baltimore, that's leaving people dead on the streets. There's no way they are honestly electing those people because I've met them and I know their family, they're faithful and they do not want that corruption. But they've had no choice in the matter. And that's been the case for 20 years. So now they've rolled it out across the state of Maryland, and enough is enough. So we need people coming out and being poll watchers and getting involved in the election process. Make sure that you clean up the voter rolls. We're working on that right now. Clean up your voter rolls. Make sure you know who's living next to you, and if they don't live there, they don't get to vote. God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday morning right here on WFMD.